Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink But let the people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring them to the destruction he had threatened. Thanks, Karen. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Great to see you all here tonight. Uh, My name is Dale. If you haven't met me before, I'm one of the pastors here. A special welcome if you're visiting us tonight. Uh, Please keep your Bibles open to page 1443. And please remember, there'll be a time for questions after the talk. Well, as we get into Jonah 3, uh, please join me as I pray, as we ask for God's help tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that helps us understand you and how you want us to live. Uh, Please help me to explain your word clearly tonight. And we pray that as we look at Jonah chapter 3 tonight, we pray that you help us respond to you in the right way. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, We heard last week that God is the God of second chances. Now, don't you love second chances? Uh, If you're someone like me, you need them for all sorts of things in life. And if you're like me, you may have already used up your quota of second or third chances. Uh, For me, I've used up my second chance. When it comes to my speeding ticket, my credit card payments, and my library card. Uh, Second chances. They're a necessity for life. Now, even if you're not as careless as me when it comes to your driving or your credit card or your library borrowing, we all need second chances in life. Because we're not perfect. We all still sin, and we need all the second chances we can get. Uh, Has there been a a time where you have felt so ashamed of what you've done, where you've done something so bad that you feel that your relationship with God has never been the same? Or you might be here and you're thinking, hey, no, I'm okay. I, I 
actually can't think of a time where I really offended God. Like, really offended Him. Can I say, if that's you, well, can I say there may possibly be a big blind spot of a sin in your life. You just can't see it at the moment. And you need to just stop and take stock. Because wherever you are on that spectrum, there's always something in our lives that's not right with God. But what we see in Jonah chapter 3 tonight is that God is the one who is compassionate. And he wants to forgive us if we come to him and repent. Uh, Tonight, we're going to see four things. Uh, Firstly, we're going to see Jonah's response to God's word. Then secondly, we'll see the Ninevites' response to God's word. Then thirdly, God's response to the Ninevites. And then finally, our response. Uh, But before we look at all that, uh, let me get you up to speed with the story so far in Jonah. Uh, The book of Jonah starts off with God telling Jonah to preach to the city of Nineveh. And that's uh, that green spot there. And instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah runs the opposite direction, goes on that right red line to Tarshish. So God sends a great storm to pursue Jonah, and that leads Jonah being thrown overboard. And God then sends a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah's inside the fish for three days and three nights. And chapter 2 ends with God commanding the fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. So, the start of chapter 3. Jonah's on the beach. His skin is bleached from stomach acid. He's covered in seaweed. And he smells like the fish market. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Uh, It's take two here. God's giving Jonah a second chance to do the right thing. And, And basically what we see in this verse... God is basically repeating the command almost word for word that he gave to Jonah back in chapter 1, verse 1. But this time, Jonah's response is that he does what God tells him to do, and he goes to Nineveh. Now, verse 3 tells us that Nineveh was a very large city. And the Hebrew word that we learned two weeks ago, uh, the word gadol, which means great, huge, gigantic, that word is used here. Nineveh is such a gadol city that it takes three days to cover all of it. So on the first day, Jonah preaches his sermon. Second half of verse 4, this is his sermon. Check out what he says. Verse 4. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now that's a pretty short sermon, don't you think? It's only eight words long in English. It's actually only five words long in Hebrew. Now you've got to think to yourself. 
Was this really the message that God wanted Jonah to give? Or is this Jonah's own rendition of this message? Because it's a harsh message, there's no hint of grace here. The message is not repent or perish. It's not turn or burn. No, it's just perish or burn. And the author doesn't record Jonah doing anything more than that. So you see, Jonah isn't going around for the next two days to make sure everyone in the city has heard the message. No. Jonah is only doing the bare minimum here. It's like Jonah's thinking, he's thinking, hey, all I have to do is just step into the city, say God's word, and step out of it, and then I'm off the hook. You see, Jonah's reluctantly doing God's will here. He's been so half-hearted about this. Well, do you notice how the Ninevites respond? That's our second point. Please have a look at verse 5 with me. Verse 5 says this. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. In an instant, these Ninevites believed in God and started to fast and put on sackcloth. Now, fasting and sackcloth, uh, putting on sackcloth, was what you did back in those days to indicate that you were grieving. That, it's like wearing black at a funeral. So what we see here is that from the greatest to the least, from the CEO to the garbologist, they're all mournful of their sin. But the response of the Ninevites doesn't stop there. Check out what the king of Nineveh does. Please have a look at verse 6 with me. Verse 6. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose up from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Now this is what we call true repentance. And now the word repentance actually just basically means doing a U-turn. Doing that U-turn in your life to actually stop doing what you're doing and then turning around and going in the opposite direction. And here we see the king taking the repentance of the Nevites up to the next level. And we see three things. We see firstly the king tells everyone to not just eat nothing, but also not to drink anything either. And then secondly, he tells everyone to wear sackcloth, but also not only themselves, but the animals as well. They need to wear sackcloth as well. And then thirdly, he tells everyone to cry out to God and to give up their evil ways. You see, these Ninevites, they're really serious about their repentance. And that's the key difference between the Ninevites 
and Jonah. Because the Ninevites actually repent, whereas Jonah doesn't. Because for Jonah, when he heard God's word, what did he do? He ran away. And he takes a great storm, a great fish, and God repeating himself for Jonah to finally respond to God's word. And even in his response, that is half-baked. Yet, when the Ninevites hear a snippet of God's word, well, they respond to it in a heartbeat. And the repentance of the Ninevites is actually seen in three stages. Uh, Firstly, they acknowledged their sin. And we see that the king of Nineveh, verse 8, how he admits that his people are wicked and violent. Uh, Secondly, they were sorry for their sin. And they showed their sorrow through their fasting and the sackcloth. Then finally, they did the U-turn. They stopped what they were doing and turned themselves around. Uh, Now this repentance of the Ninevites, it's actually unbelievable. A whole city. Uh, Chapter 4 verse 11 tells us that there was over 120,000 people in Nineveh. And they all repented from just five words of God's word. It's nothing short of a miracle. Uh, To get our mind around it, it's like as if the whole of the inner west of Sydney became Christians on the same day. So what happens here in Nineveh, it's indeed great. It's Gadol. The numbers we're seeing here, they're bigger than what we see in Pentecost. Uh, They're bigger than any Billy Graham crusade. It's a conversion event that's unparalleled in history. But you know what's even more amazing? Uh, Let me read verse 8 to you, uh, verse 10. Verse 10 says this. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. You see what's more amazing? What's more amazing is God's response to the Ninevites. That's our third point. What we're seeing here is enormous, great, gadol grace. Because these Ninevites, they deserve God's judgment. Even the Ninevite king knows that God would have been justified to wipe out the whole city. But the most amazing thing in this whole book, it isn't that Jonah got swallowed by a big fish, or that 120,000 people responded to God's message on the same day. No, the most amazing thing we see in this book is that God actually forgives these Ninevites. He actually gives them a second chance, even when they didn't deserve it at all. God's overwhelming desire is to show compassion to all those who are repentant. And he wants to give every opportunity for them to turn to him, to seek his forgiveness, no matter who they are. So, so far we've seen the responses of Jonah, the Ninevites, and God. What's our response to all this? Well, 
before we look at that, you know what's interesting about chapter 3 here of Jonah? Jesus himself refers to this chapter when he's talking to the Pharisees of his day. So in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, uh, this is what he says to those uh, Pharisees. Verse 38 says this. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, Jesus, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. You see, these Pharisees, they didn't believe Jesus was God's son. And Jesus makes the point that Jonah, who's not your A-grade prophet... But when he preached to the wicked people of Nineveh, they repented and turned to God. But for these Pharisees, and they were absolute angels compared to those Ninevites, they've got someone so much greater than Jonah standing in front of them. Yet they don't repent. And because of that, well, Jesus says that it's these Pharisees who are condemned. When it comes to your response to Jesus, who are you like? Have you repented like the Ninevites? Or are you like these Pharisees, where you're still pushing Jesus back? You know, the thing about these Ninevites, uh, in verse 9, when they repented, these Ninevites, they weren't sure if God was going to be compassionate to them or not. Um, The king says in verse 9, Hey, who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. That's what the Ninevites were thinking. But for us, we live this side of Jesus. And we can know for absolute certainty that God will be compassionate. That he'll forgive anyone who repents. So if you're here and you're someone who hasn't turned to God yet, and you want a relationship with God, then repent. And know for sure that God will save you from perishing in eternity and give you eternal life instead. And those three stages of repentance that we saw with the Ninevites, they're the same three stages for becoming Christian. Where, firstly, you acknowledge your sin before God. And secondly, you have to be sorry for what you've done. And thirdly, do the U-turn. And that U-turn starts by asking for forgiveness and trusting in Jesus as your King. So if you want to find out more about what it is to repent and to come back to God, please make sure you chat to myself or Peter M. or Carmen later on tonight. Uh, Now if you're here and you, you have already turned to God, now I can do at least two implications for us that Jonah chapter 3 has. Where firstly, we're to identify with the Ninevites. And secondly, we're to identify with Jonah. 
Uh, Firstly, uh, like the Ninevites, we're to be people of repentance. And that means to keep on repenting. Because we're still sinful. We'll keep stuffing up. But the thing is, we still live in Nineveh. Uh, This city of Sydney, uh, like Nineveh, is wicked. And it's easy for the sins of our Nineveh to rub off on on us. And whether it's something big or just something that you've just been slack with, God wants us to repent in those areas in our lives where we're still sinning. And we've all got things in our lives where we haven't given them over to Him yet. There's those things in our lives where we've said to God, Hey God, you know, this is something that I don't want you to touch. This is something I don't want you to change. This is something I don't want you to control. It could be your obsession with your career, or your obsession with your hobby, or it could be how you treat others. It could be your thought life. It could be how you use the internet. It could be just how you spend your time. God wants every bit of us. He wants us to repent in an all-encompassing way, just like the Ninevites did. And it all starts with making that step to admit what we're doing is wrong, to actually be sorry for what we've done, and to do the U-turn of changing our lives. And the thing is, we can actually repent with the absolute certainty that because of Jesus, God will have compassion on us. He will forgive us. He'll give us another second chance. What's the thing in your life that you need to repent in? The second implication for us is to identify with Jonah, where we can be used by God in the mission that God's given us. Now, Jonah, he's the worst person that God could have used. He's so rebellious, he's so stubborn, he's so disobedient, yet God still used him to bring about his plans and purposes. And the thing is, God can use us in exactly the same way, despite our weaknesses, despite our shortcomings. Because at the end of the day, it's not solely up to us. It's actually all God. I can ask you, is there someone who you've known for a while? Could be that person at work, or the person next door, or the person that, a friend at school or uni. Could be that family member. And you've thought to yourself, I haven't actually talked to them about Christian things before. Surely it's too late to say something now. From what we see in Jonah chapter 3, it's never too late. Jonah was late. He took a humongous detour on the way to Nineveh, and God still used him to save those guys. And even when I'm disobedient, 
even when my life is marked and scarred by sin, God can choose to still use me to bring me back to save Nineveh. So the word of God to you tonight is, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Do the workplace ministry. Look out to chat to that family member or friend. And even for some of you here, God in his spirit may have his hand on your shoulder to say to you to do it full time in going and preaching to Nineveh. Because the thing we need to bear in mind, if God can bring a whole city to its knees in repentance, he can do that again. That's worth grabbing hold of. He can do it again. Now, I know it's kind of hard to imagine what kind of change taking place here in the inner west for that to happen. But can I say, if you don't imagine it's possible, then eventually you would go to Tarshish, wouldn't you? But we've seen tonight from God's Word that God's Word is powerful. And that God wants to show compassion to everyone who repents. And you know, as we live lives of repentance, as we live lives in the way that God wants us to, it will be clear that we follow Jesus. And people will eventually ask the question, Hey, why are you so different? And when that happens... Or we can do a better job than Jonah, where instead of being reluctant, we willingly open our mouths to point people to Jesus. In the end, God just wants to use us so that people can know about Jesus and his great news of grace. So let's not stop him from doing that, but rather be open to the opportunities he may give you and to be bold enough to make the most of them. Because God has given us another chance at life. Why would we want to stop other people from having a second chance with him as well? Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for your word that reminds us of how gracious you are. That you are the God of second chances. That you are so compassionate. That you forgive everyone who repents. Heavenly Father, we confess that there are areas in our own lives that we need to repent of. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will protect us from being infected by Nineveh. That you'll give us eyes to see where we need to repent. And we pray that we may live lives for you that can be used for your glory. Heavenly Father, we also pray that you'll help us to be the Jonah of Jonah chapter 3, where we who are weak and feeble can be used to preach to our Nineveh and help others to see your great salvation. Give us all that we need so we can point people to Jesus. 
And it's in his name that we pray these things. Amen.